Hello, hello. Warm welcome to each and every one of you who tune in and listen. Blessings. You know, I have made mention before as far as the office being packed, standing room only, and in the progression of things, I've been shown not only is the office packed with more angels, but now they're lined up, they're lined up in the front lawn. And so there's things I'm given to speak up on. And from what I'm looking at right now, it may not be all that pleasant. And, and yet there's a good side. And I do need to say, for those who are into all this positive thinking, there's time for a reality check. And that may not come across as all that pleasant. And yet we need to do a reality check. And so with the angels, with those on divine assignment, to go out with each word. You know, God's word does not return to him void and empty. It does prosper as, as, he, as it pleases him, but as he wills. And this is very interesting. I know I say the word interesting a lot. I'm trying to think of a different word <laughs> to use in place of interesting. Anyway, I do stand corrected, and he would have me read this. Um, I've mentioned it a couple times in the book of Ezekiel. And actually, it's in the book of Isaiah. Uh, chapter 30, what I've been referring to before. So again, it's not Ezekiel, though it's a good book to read. <laughs> but here we go with Reality Check. And um, it's in the book of Isaiah, chapter 30. And in this is to read it from the, um, the translations by the Institute for Scripture Research. And very interesting. So from chapter 30, it says, Woe to the stubborn children. And please consider also, he is referring to both small and bigger picture. You know, um, here we go with Emmanuel, God is with us. And Jesus did say he would talk to us plainly in this time. And so another reason I'm reading from this translation and not the King James, the Old English, because he didn't show up speaking in Old English. And he doesn't expect us to speak in old English today. It's not terms we use in everyday life. Anyway, woe to the stubborn children. It was woe to the rebellious, those who are resisting his ways and thoughts. So here it says, woe to the stubborn children, declares Yah, our Elohim, to make consul, but not from me, and to devise plans, but not of my spirit in order to add sin to sin, to add darkness to darkness. Who are setting out to go down to Egypt and have not asked my mouth to be strengthened in the strength of Pharaoh and to seek refuge in the shadow of Egypt. I stop right here and in chapter 31 in verse 3, it explains Egypt and the horses and what this means. Here we go with symbolism in scripture, but he does explain. It does say, and the Egyptians are men and not El. Um, the term El, El is the most high God. And so their horses are flesh and not spirit. And when Yah stretches out his hand, both he who helps and 
will stumble, and he who is helped will fall, and they will fall together. You know, all this morning I kept hearing, it's in the Proverbs, um, though joined hand in hand, the unrighteous will not go unpunished. And here we go. God does know our thoughts before we do, and he knows our plans. And sometimes he would wreck our plans, knowing our plans are about to wreck us. So in this, I will continue reading. But it is to consider, here we go, our inner core knowing, not going with the popular beliefs of the majority rule, but to consider his counsel. And again, this is to the rebellious people, to the stubborn. And it says, in the strength of Pharaoh, and again, this does also apply to the bigger picture, the strength of Pharaoh, which would be the king of men, uh, will become your shame. The refuge in the shadow of Egypt, your confusion. For his princes were at Zoan, and his messengers came to Hanes. They were all ashamed of a people who do not profit them, nor for help or profit, but a shame and also a reproach. So here we go again to back up to the very first verse who are taking, they're making counsel, but not of him, and they're devising plans, but not by the Spirit, adding sin to sin. So this is referring to anyone hand joined in hand. Uh, the unrighteous will not go unpunished. This includes those helping be, to those who are being helped. Um, I will continue reading. He would have me say some things here. So, the message concerning the beast of the south, through a land of trouble and distress, from which came the lioness and lion, the adder and the fiery flying serpent, they convey their riches on the backs of young donkeys. And here we go with the flesh. And their treasures on the humps of camels to an unprofitable people. Even Egypt, whose help is vain and empty. Therefore, I have called her, I hope I pronounce this right, Rahab Hemshebeth. And I quite honestly don't know what that means, but I will continue reading. And go, write it before them on a table. This was given to Isaiah. And inscribe it on a scroll that it is for a latter day, a witness forever. And in this are the principles and operations in the spirit realm. I will continue reading because there is someone here that's, that's been waiting to hear this. Um, write, it on the, write them on a table, table and inscribe it on a scroll that it is for a latter day, a witness forever that this is a rebellious people lying children they're not speaking truth lying children children who refuse to hear the Torah of Yah in other words the Word of God as we know it today a lot of people in terms of King James uh, who say to the seers do not see and to the prophets do not prophesy to us right what is right. Speak to us what is smooth. 
prophesy, foretell deceits. Here we go with the positive thinking and not doing a reality check and devising plans, going one's own way. Turn aside, they say, turn aside from the way, swerve from the path, cause the set-apart one of Israel to cease from before us. Therefore, this said the set-apart one of Israel, because you despise this word. And here we go, the truth from the Father of Spirits, Father of Lights. Because you despise this word, trust in oppression, oppression being the unjust rule over another, and trust in the oppression and perverseness, twisted truth, make-believe stories, and rely on them. Therefore, this crookedness is to you like a breach ready to fall, a bulge in a high wall. Sounds like Humpty Dumpty. Whose breaking comes suddenly, swiftly. He will break it like the breaking of the potter's vessel, which is broken in pieces, without sparing, so that there is not found among the fragments a shirt to take fire from the hearth or to take water from the cistern. For here says the master, the set-apart one of Israel, in returning and rest, you are saved. You are set free. In stillness and trust is your strength. But you would not. Again, he's speaking to the stubborn, the rebellious, stiff-necked, meaning unwilling to change their course, to learn a new way, to go on a new adventure in the way of light. And you said, No, for we flee upon horses. Therefore you flee. Now remember in uh, chapter 31, verse 3, it says the horses are flesh. So it's relying on the flesh, not the spirit. We will flee upon the horses. Therefore you flee. We ride on swift horses. Therefore those who pursue you are swift. One thousand flee at the rebuke of one. At the rebuke of five, you will flee until you are left as a pole on top of a mountain and as a sign in a, on a hill. And therefore, God will wait, the Father will wait, to show you favor. And here we go with the patience of a parent, the patience of the Father, Father of lights, Father of spirits. Therefore, he will be exalted. He will be. To have compassion on you because of the stubbornness. For he is an Elohim of right ruling, and blessed are all those who wait for him. I was concerned in, in reading this, how it may be taken by some. And here we go. Um, he would have me address, you know, we're all at different levels of faith. And the point is that wherever we may be in our faith, in our growth, it is to occupy that level in light, not darkness. And so there are things he would have me 
um, share something he had shown me here. I've told you before, mentioned it before, as far as overseeing the corporate body as a whole. And he had recently shown me in the last, I think it was two or three weeks ago. So I have a lot of thought on this, on what's happening. Because, of course, we're in a world, crazy world, being turned inside out. There is nothing covered, nothing hidden that will not be revealed. And this word was given for the latter day. And we can see this happening. With those who are stubborn, going off their own way. They're insisting to do it their own way. He still waits. He still waits as a loving parent for them to just stop so to seek him. However, there's other things he's been showing me as well. But concerning the corporate body, this is to the four corners of the earth. Cover the whole earth. This is the corporate body, not just in the United States. And so in the body... It was still laid out flat on the earth. Okay, I had mentioned this before, but it was in 94, 93, 94. He had shown me, the first time he had shown me the corporate body, laid flat on its back to the four corners. And it couldn't move. And there are scriptures in reference to, um, here we go, with those that help, uh, as I read before, those who help and uh, are helped. They will fall. In terms of the corporate body, falling flat on its back, and it didn't move. And in that was to perceive within the body, and again, across the whole earth, not just in the United States. And swallowing, hook, line, and sinker, um, unholy doctrine. Things that are not from the Father of Lights. And it was... Uh, the people within the body, and not all, but this is the corporate body as a whole, um, there were those that being taught and conditioned to deny the very things needed. And here we go with the spiritual things as needed and with that understanding. You know, um, okay, before I go there, the corporate body was still flat on its back. My prayers intercession have been for the people to receive what Christ already laid his life down for for us. To deliver us out from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Emmanuel, God is with us. And in that, the body was laid out and I was shown um for a moment like uh in a liquid state and the impurities there were black impurities coming to the surface and as this happened and again not just the united states this concerns across the globe and as these impurities came to the surface then i was shown there were those uh with torches here we go with the flame and the the breath, his breath of fire. And they went in with torches into these areas, kind of like Indiana Jones going into a cave. And it was going into these darker areas, getting to the root of it, and cleaning it up and cauterizing it. And these things, you know, which is good for the healing and health. Now... That's what I was going to say. My prayers, I'm interceding for the people to receive 
his authority, his power, and to receive from the Father of lights, not the Father of lies. And so even to read Isaiah 30, you can see um, the tendency of the human nature versus against the divine. And then, and then with Emmanuel, God is with us. It is bringing the human to the divine. And so in the corporate body, um, in being these spots coming to the surface, which of course we would see different things come up in the assembly, dark, uh, the impurities, not knowing if it would be made public, made a spectacle, a scandal, but nonetheless, there, those going in to help clean and cauterize those areas in the light, adding light to light. And so in that, the corporate body, in having this process done, went to go sit up. Now, the corporate body as a whole has been laid flat on its back for a while. And so as it sat up, the head was lightheaded, um, and dizzy, feeling dizzy and faint. Um, and here we go with changes that are happening in this hour, in having things in spirit and truth, and eliminating, getting through the way, the reign of twisted truth being over, in seeking the truth in spirit and truth, and. Um, how can I say, need to get, need to get one's bearing, get grounded. And so the corporate body as a whole, as it goes to sit up, is feeling faint, lightheaded. And again, being taught and conditioned to deny the very things that were needed, which are greatly needed now. And with the need, here we go individually listening to our inner core knowing and using our spirit senses by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Emmanuel, God is with us. We weren't able to do that until Jesus came. Here we go with the relevance of today and understanding that. One thing, too, he would also have me mention, you know, to, to know and understand what God is saying today. And Jesus did say he would speak to his people plainly in these days. You know, so it is in terms we understand everyday life. We don't have to use old English, the, the, thou, thine. Talk to him for real, and he'll speak to us plainly. And in that, um, sorry about that. Went two thoughts. Okay, need to back up, and I do apologize. There was something he was starting to show me. Um, concerning... Just a moment, because he has shown me something else. And I was wanting to be so careful with what I said for those who receive and for the angels to bring those things to pass in the natural. Oh, well, he would have me explain that. Again, you know, by the Holy Spirit, we're led into all truth. And by the Holy Spirit, we're taught wisdom comparing spiritual things with spiritual and those things aren't always easy to do when we uh, say are conditioned and taught to believe surface thinking without going into the depths of the spirit in the sweet depths of love 
we want to go in the sweet depths of love. There's so much peace there. I mean, really, there is so much peace there. Um, but as far as the corporate body getting its bearings and being grounded in the very things that that Jesus gave us life for, that we need to be aware of. To stick with that, here we go, the inner core knowing, using our spirit senses. But always, when it comes to others, always consider, stop and consider the source of what you're hearing and get the facts for what they are straight from the horse's mouth. He would have us hear his voice, but it takes that quietness. And again, in quietness, in quietness and in confidence is our strength. But the stubborn, the rebellious, they would not. They're going off on their own ways, divining, devising their own plans. And um, for those who would dare play the blame game in mis having misled others to believe being a victim and instead of being a victor in light and then coming up with a make-believe story and we do see this in the bigger picture as if a hero that's a house of cards house of cards blows in the wind just blows away in the wind there is something it's in I went to go look it up and for some reason now I'm not finding it but I was running late getting on as well but it was in Mark it concerns Jesus when he was walking with the disciples they were on their way to Jerusalem and he came up to a fig tree and it wasn't the season to bear fruit yet but it just had leaves and he was looking for the fruit but in that he cursed the fig tree was not bearing fruit and it wasn't the season for it and then when they passed by it the next and the disciples of course heard him curse that tree and when they went past it the next day the tree was withered up by its roots which is interesting and my thought when reading that was why would he curse a tree for not bearing fruit when it wasn't the season to bear fruit yet and so in this you know that's like he called the man out that was hanging out in the tree called him by name he knew it ahead of time and so in that was the insight of knowing perhaps that tree wasn't going to bear fruit and he cursed it knowing ahead of time but he went on to explain to the disciples and here we go these are those who are listening you know these aren't to the rebellious people and those who are stubborn he was telling his disciples those who were listening to what he was teaching and he did say you know, because they, they questioned him about the fig tree withered up by its root. And he did say then, you know, if you say, if you say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and believe it in your heart and not doubt, knowing you will receive it, it will be done. You will have it. And he does say, ask what you will, ask what you will, and you will have it. You know, in terms of uh, something real quick, and then I will close this up. Concerning something I said last week, those telling God what to do, what his word is, and, you know, uh, misusing that authority. This was years and years ago. A friend had, she, she was in a marriage, 
the man drank heavily. He was an alcoholic, unfortunately. And she had told him to make a choice between her and their family or alcohol. Sad to say he chose the alcohol. So she filed for divorce. And in that process, she met another man. And, of course, they were waiting for the divorce to be final. And she realized she was pregnant. And in letting the ex-husband know that, then he changed his mind. He wanted her to come back. Wanted to let him come back. And this man actually went to a church here in Denver. He actually went to a church and talked to the pastor. Now here we go with sides of the story. Being careful not to take sides to any story. And to also consider the consul, the father's consul. So here's another example on a, a different way that this happened. So this man had let this past, told the pastor that this his wife left him for another man. Didn't happen. Of course, he left choosing alcohol, and then she filed for divorce. Then she met this other man. And so he asked the pastor to talk to her, and so he agreed to do so. You know, it's interesting what was allowed to happen, and this was all for a reason, you know, and to even share it now. In her talking to this pastor, him being misled to believe that she had left her husband for another man, she tried to explain to him her side of the story, and he wouldn't hear it. And in that, he basically said that she was following the wrong Jesus. <laughs> of course, she asked me about this, and I wasn't aware that there was another one. You know, and so this man, he was insisting that she stop seeing the man she was with, who she was pregnant by, and to go back to the husband, the ex-husband, soon to be. And of course, that didn't make any sense to her, and the Lord would have mercy in her situation. Having a husband that chose alcohol over her and the family was devastating, and then she met this other man. Long story made short, I was in prayer interceding concerning this with her need for mercy. And what the Lord showed me, the Father, he had me sit by him. And this was the first time he had shown me in the throne room, the courts of heaven, in terms of another uh, approaching him. And the pastor had come be before him. And the Father had told me just to watch and listen. So I did. I was quiet. And so this man, it was sad to watch, actually. It baffled me at the time. I was learning. Um, I wasn't too far in the new life. I don't even think two years. So this was, I was learning all these things. And this pastor came before him. And actually, instead of sitting before the father, he was pacing and declaring, declaring God what God's word is and what his will is and to take care of it this way and do it this way and basically commanding him like a dog. Father didn't say a word. And the man was demanding that his word be honored. 
that what the pastor said be honored according to God's word and according to his will. It was all taken out of context. And so he stomped off. He, he had quite the attitude. And he stomped off and went out the door. And as soon as he did, the father commanded the angel that was there in his presence, he commanded him, remove his candlestick. And I, of course, gasped. I was like, oh no. Um, I understood it then as far as the anointing, his anointing in the office and the church. And so I asked the father, is there any way he can get it back? And he said, only until he humbles himself and listens to me. He humbles himself. And I thought, wow, okay. And, um, you know, God's judgment is righteous and true. And he knew what was needed. Unfortunately, in the process of having his candlestick removed, the church in itself did close down within a year and affected everybody that went to that church. You know, and so it is to simply say that God is not mocked. And at the same time, it's to know, you know, Emmanuel, God is with us. We have that covenant of the sure mercies of David. And he also refers to it as the covenant of peace. And yet, those who pursue their own way who's not listening, they're not going to have that peace. Those who pursue and go off in wickedness, not his way, they won't know peace. And not all will go well. It won't be well. So, it's interesting that he had me share these things. Um, I'll be quiet for a moment. If there's anything else he would have me say, um, I find this find this interesting. I find it different. Uh, the things that he would have me speak up on, and knowing that there's angels. Oh, that's what he wanted me to explain. I'm sorry, I had lost that thought before. Concerning the angels, in having the intercession, our ability in receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit in the new life. And to have the ability to release perfect prayers through us. And allowing the Father to pray through us for others. And besides ourselves, but for others as well. And to fulfill those work orders that the angels are waiting on for others. And so I would just encourage again, you know... When two or more are gathered together in his name, the real Jesus, he is there. He is there. Okay, he's saying good enough for today. So I'm waiting to see where else this goes. Because <laughs> there's still angels outside the front lawn waiting. So on that note, blessings to each and every person that took the time to listen. Healing and health in the name of Jesus. We'll catch you next week. Have a good one.